everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of Roll the Credits Podcast with Aaron and Brian. Uh, on this week's episode, uh, we have a ton of pretty important news to share with you guys um, that we also missed out on last week. We apologize again for that. Um, having some issues. We have switched to a different recording site, which we think is going to um, help us out Fingers quite a crossed. bit here going forward, especially with editing the show and, and piecing everything together to make it a much better listen for everybody. Um, as well as we will be diving to two reviews this week since we missed last week. Uh, we'll be giving you guys reviews for The Upside, starring Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston, as well as Glass, which we saw yesterday. Uh, and then at the end, um, we will be diving into our top five. Um, not really a top five, I guess, um, but five folks that we'd like to see host award shows. Um, Brian, how's your week been going? Uh, pretty good. I went to it was just one. So we were supposed to get a big snowstorm this weekend and got nothing rain. really. We got rain. We, we got, got rain. lots of rain. It got like two, three inches of snow, and then it all got just mounted <laughs> down by rain. Yep, it's and, all been melted outside basically already, <laughs> uh, which yeah, is nice. It's kind of disappointing, honestly. Uh, for you maybe, not for me. For me, for me, I think it was disappointing. I love snow, and I was also really hoping. <laughs> I was also really hoping for. A, a reason to be able to like work from home tomorrow and I have to go out in the 10 degrees weather that it's going to be. Oh God. Um, Look, I don't want to hear from you because if it's going to be like 10 degrees, I work in a cold ass warehouse. Like <laughs> I'm bundling <laughs> myself up tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that tomorrow. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we got to see some movies uh, this past week. Um, not really anything else fun on my end. Um, other than that, uh, I guess we'll, we'll get it kickstarted here. I'm pretty excited for NFL today, which we're recording before, obviously. Um, hopefully, by the time everybody listens to this, the Patriots will not be going to the Super Bowl. But uh, oh, that'd be they, nice. They probably will. Uh, I don't know. Um, anyway, so to get us kickstarted here into the news um, and why we're doing the top five at the end of the show, um, Oscars is officially going to go hostless for, I believe, the first time since 1989. Um, They'll just kind of do what they normally do in terms of having celebrities introduce uh, segments and awards and stuff like that. Uh, maybe a few extra things. There's talk that they're trying to get, you know, all the Avengers cast together to do a bunch of stuff, um, which makes sense since it's airing on ABC, it's who genius. is an affiliate of Disney, who is also uh, owns Marvel. Um, so it would be smart in that sense. Um, obviously, I mean, it's fine. I think it'll be all right and probably better. The opening monologues are always, you know, hit or miss, really. Uh, so I mean, we'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, I'm here for the the, uh, the awards, not necessarily the monologues. So it is what it is. As long as the awards are going out, that's all I really care about. Yeah, I think it'll work out and bring in different. I mean, they always every year bring in different celebrities to announce a different award. So it's basically the same thing, just without. Like you said, the big opening monologue at the beginning. Uh, I think it'll work fine, uh, especially, you know, if they can get a large amount of the Marvel characters, those actors to do it. I think there can be some good running jokes in with that. And I would enjoy it. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. um, I know I read about this like two months ago, I think. But I know that there was talk that Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper would be performing um, Shallow or another song, I think. 
Um, which I mean, obviously, you know, I feel like that's a must have segment for the show. Um, especially going hostless, um, with that being such a prominent oh, well, award, award movie this year. Um, yeah, they always, and I'll uh, swoon to it. So, I mean, it is what it is, but <laughs> yeah, they always perform the songs that are nominated, uh, for best original song. And I'm, I would be just so shocked if shallow was not at least nominated. Like I would just think there's something completely wrong with it. So, I mean, it's, it's likely going to win. I don't know any other songs this year that that would top (laughs) it, but we'll see. Um, getting into some casting news, uh, quite a bit of it over the last two weeks, uh, to get us kickstarted here on this, um, the Dune reboot, um, that is being directed by Denny Villeneuve, um, has now cast Dave Bautista, Big Dave, uh, and Stellan Skarsgård. Um, that will they will be joining Timothy Chalamet and Rebecca Ferguson on the cast for that. Um, I believe a few more might have been announced as well um, that I haven't kept up with too much. Um, I mean, I'm not personally a huge sci-fi guy, um, but I did enjoy Arrival. I did enjoy Blade Runner uh, 2049, which he did both of those. So. I mean, I'm interested in it, and I'll pretty much watch anything uh, Dave Bautista's um, in at this point. So uh, I'm I'm for it. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I'm for it. I never saw the first one, so I don't really know what they're remaking. But um, with that, having Dave Bautista in it and as Denny Villeneuve uh, directing it, and as the past three movies that he's done, I've been big fans of, as you mentioned, Blade Runner 2049, Arrival, and... Um, the first Sicario. Um, oh, yeah. I keep forgetting he did Sicario. He did Prisoners, which I was a big fan oh, of as yeah, well. Yeah. Jake John Hall and Hugh so, Jackman. I'm, I like him as a director, and I, and I like to see his stuff. So, yeah, I, I'm for this movie. You know? I'm excited to see what else can come of it. Yeah. Um, moving on, we have uh, Henry Winkler joining Wes Anderson's cast of The French Dispatch, which is already um, filming, I believe. Um this is a pretty pretty big get. I mean, Winkler's kind of resurrected his career with Barry on HBO, um, winning some awards there um, after like a long run of doing crappy Adam Sandler movies and stuff like that. So, um, and I think he fits right in with with Anderson's kind of kind of movies and, and the cast he kind of brings together. Obviously, we've talked about it before. Uh, I think starring also Saoirse Ronan and a few other um, pretty big name. Um, actors on that so that'll be interesting to see once that we start getting a little more information and trailers and stuff dropped um other than that i mean i I feel like i haven't seen henry winkler in a lot um but he was really good in barry so it'll be interesting to see him um yeah interesting ad but i mean like you said it seems to fit wes anderson's kind of out there style and joining what is already a very good cast. Uh, like you had said, uh, Sarsha Ronan's in it, Timothy Chalamet, William Dafoe, Benicio Del Toro, uh, Bill Murray's in it, which is a, he's a frequent collaborator with Wes Anderson. So, uh, you know, interested to see, uh, what all they'll do with this. So I think it's scheduled sometime in 2020 to come out. So. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Um, also we have Aquafina and Danny DeVito joining the cast of Jumanji three, which is already filming or it's in pre-production, I think, um, which is odd because it is expected for December 13th of this year. Um, so I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, 
but they are joining the original cast, which is all coming back, which is great. Um, two really good comedic additions to it. Um, interested to see what they end up playing in the movie. Um, if they are new characters or something outside of that. Um, I enjoyed the second one. I didn't, I don't like the original Jumanji. Um, so we'll see. I have, I have higher hopes for this, I guess, uh, especially with these casting additions. I did really enjoy the one that came out was it two years ago or whatever. Um, with, you know, the rock in it, Kevin Hart, um, very funny movie. I probably liked it more than I thought it would. So being another sequel of that one and adding two very funny people to it uh, makes me even more excited for it. So it'll be interesting to see if they'll actually pull it off by December since they haven't started filming for it yet, but uh, I'm excited. That's uh, add more laughs. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, Other casting news to roll us off of that a little bit. Uh, Margot Robbie has officially been cast in the live action Barbie movie. That's coming out. I believe in 2020, 2021. Um, Has there ever been a bit more perfect casting? I mean, I I guess. Yeah. I mean, I guess like she does seem perfect for, I guess the synopsis, what I read for at least what I can remember. I read from it was that it was like, um, in the Barbie world, there's a girl who's not perfect enough or people don't think she's perfect enough. And she like finds her way or something like that. Uh, I didn't, I didn't give it a, a second look, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's, it's good casting. Um, a good actress as well. Um, we'll see what ends up happening with this. I don't have tons of high hope. But, I mean, if you're getting, you know, an acclaimed award-winning actress to hop on board for it, I guess there has to be some yeah, uh, I mean, ball rolling Definitely kind of, you know, piqued um, my interest a little bit, adding Margot Robbie to it. I'm glad they finally solidified on somebody because both uh, Anne Hathaway and Amy Schumer were both in talks for the lead for this and were attached to it at one point. Um, I think it was best that they settled with Margot Robbie. Um, so though it's Barbie, see what else has to come, but there's a slight interest there. It's very, yeah, very uh, slight, slight being the keyword. <laughs> um, and to round out our casting news, actually, Kevin Hart is set to star <laughs> in a monopoly based movie. You, you heard that right. Um, I have no idea how this is going to end up working or how it's going to end up happening, but, um, Tim story is on the direct, which I read. He is on a current seven streak of oh, rotten great. movies on the rotten tomato score. He did both, did both of the ride along movies and, uh, one of the fantastic four movies, um, were the notable ones. So we'll see. I mean, obviously I don't know how you're going to do a movie based on the <laughs> monopoly board game. Um, I have no idea. But it is what it is, and we'll I, see as more information. I saw this earlier in the week. Out. I literally have uh, no clue how just a board game where you're going around a square to buy different pieces, different chunks of land and buildings and stuff. Like, I mean, if they're gonna do it right, it has to be like a family movie where the family just disintegrates essentially <laughs> uh, into hating each other because that's what happens when you play Monopoly. If they surround it like that and not necessarily like you're in a the world of literally being a Monopoly piece or something like that, that would be stupid. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, if they did it something like that, where like, you know, it's a comedy and the family all hates each other. And like, I've seen comedy sketches and stuff like that through, uh, YouTube and stuff of people doing like little comedy shorts that are like that. And, and the family just getting really insane <laughs> oh, yeah, and crazy right. about everything. But yeah, I mean, that, that's the only way I think you can really go with it to make it at least a quality movie. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, we'll see. Kevin Hart, he's funny um, most of the time. Uh, so Yeah. He's hit or miss. He he really at least like I've seen some of his stand up and his stand ups really good. Yeah, but miss, movie yeah. wise, he's really hit or miss. Um, <laughs> we'll see. It's a monopoly so we'll board see. game movie, so um, <laughs> don't expect much. Yeah, I, not much else I can say about it. Uh, really, um, Star Trek Four has officially been shelved. Um, oh, yeah. This is a big disappointment uh, for me mm-hmm. and and you, I believe as well. Um, the first three were all really good. Um, all you know, fresh scores on Rotten Tomatoes, all very well liked. Um, and the fourth one, there's been a lot of issues with Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pine, both wanting more money. Um, not sure if whatever happened with that, um, finding directors and stuff like that. I believe the director that was attached has switched over and is now doing the game of Thrones prequel TV show. Um, so she was out on that now. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, um, whatever happens to this. I'm still waiting to hear more about the supposed Quentin Tarantino uh, yes. R rated Star Trek film, which I'm all about. Obviously if it's Tarantino attached to it, I'll watch it. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a disappointment. I was really hoping for a fourth installment um, oh, yeah. of a pretty good franchise going forward. Yeah. It's, I mean, the, like you said, the previous, the first trilogy has been, I enjoy them all and they're been adding big names to each of them. Um, uh, so I was excited for a fourth one and then with the you know, casting falling through and other stuff falling apart it doesn't look like i mean at least with these characters and actors that don't get made anytime soon but um it's kind of disappointing but it is what it is yeah um so in some big Tom Cruise news this week, um, Mission Impossible 7 and 8 are coming in 2021 and 2022. Christopher McQuarrie is back to work for sequels, um, and they will be shot back to back in order to um, make sure that the entire cast can can be there for both of them, which is smart. I know that's something the uh, Marvel's been doing a lot with, especially with um, the Avengers um, Endgame and Infinity War and stuff like that. Um, by the time the eighth installment hits theaters, Tom Cruise will be <laughs> 60 years old. Um, and this is crazy to me. He's what well, gotta be like, maybe 57 this year, 58 or something like that. Um, he's going to do top gun Two, then mission impossible seven and mission impossible eight, uh, all within <laughs> like a year, year and a half and doing all of his own stunts. Um, I, uh, I imagine because he said many times that he doesn't want to do movies that he can't do uh, most <laughs> of his it. own stunts. Um, and he's going to be 60 by the time the eighth installment, which is crazy because obviously, I mean, all that the Church of Scientology is doing for him is keeping him looking a little younger. Um, wait. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to me that that guy is going to be like, I, I, the thing is like, I know he gets a bad rap and stuff like that for all that stuff. And, and uh, as well as he probably should, but I mean, the dude's going to be six, almost he's pushing 60 and he's going to be doing crazy <laughs> stunts for these movies. And it's McQuarrie great. coming back. And, and that's huge. Cause I mean, rogue nation was great. He did that one. And then he did this past one fallout. Both are very acclaimed movies. I think rogue nation had a 93 oh. and, and, um, 
mm-hmm. fell out like a 97%. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm super excited for both of these. I can't wait. Um, I'm glad to hear that they're doing back to back. We'll see we'll if Tom see. Cruise breaks his ankle again. I'm excited. You know, uh, we get him get top gun two next but, summer. Yeah, I mean, I'm, following summer is Mission Possible eight. Following summer, then Mission Possible eight again. It's just, it's gonna be great. And just, just hope he hope he survives. I mean, they have to be shooting. They have to be shooting for ten movies. Like I, I that's the only thing I can say six, about Mission seven, Impossible eight. is at this rate I feel it feels like they're shooting uh, for ten. It feels like they're shooting for ten before hey, Tom you know Cruise officially. They're making money. The anymore. last two have been like critically acclaimed. Like if you you got something that works, which they do very much so, you know, keep going with it. I mean they've they they've <laughs> done six movies, all of which have positive all positive rotten uh, tomato scores. I mean, Star Wars can't say that. Uh, I mean, there's countless the, different. Uh, the only I mean, other franchise, franchise that can say that, that is can't Marvel, say they've done which is ridiculous. Uh, I mean, and they have just, 20 movies. And. Yeah. And I mean, that that's great. But they all those are also kind of branched out. So while they're all in so the many same different universe, stories. they're yeah, not. Yeah. You know, I, I count. Yeah, I count Thor. I like I count those individually. Um but yeah, I mean that's and like that's, the that's first insane. one came out I mean, in really 1998, is. I believe. So like this is going to be over the course of is that now 24 years that they'll have eight movies coming out. Yeah, it'll be within 25 years of doing eight Mission Impossible movies, shooting for ten. I mean, I I feel like once these are done and canned, and uh, 2022 comes out, um, that one. They're probably going to shoot for another back to back. Whether Macquarie comes back for it, I don't know. But I mean, and they've kept a lot of the same oh, cast yeah. for a, a um, decent amount of it. I mean, it's, I'm, um, I'm forgetting what the actor themes are. But yeah, Benji has been in uh, five of the six movies. Um, they, oh, I'm forgetting his name. The one guy is the only other character with Tom Cruise that's been in all six. Uh, so it's impressive to keep these guys going on for 20, 25 years. Yeah, I mean, good for them. And I, I mean, that kind of goes to show that, like, you know, keeping the same cast together for good movies, always, you know, it, it helps. I mean, as opposed to switching people out and in, just doesn't do a lot. Uh, yeah. Ghostbusters 3. Uh, <laughs> this one came out of left field this week. Um, set for summer 2020, um, which is fast. I mean, they've obviously been working on this kind of in the background for a while, I think. Um, it will be a direct sequel, well, not necessarily a direct sequel, but a sequel to the original two films, not to the all women's one that happened a few years ago. I know there was talks about maybe doing a, a few more of those. I didn't care for it all that much. I, um, I'm not the biggest Ghostbusters fan in the world. I did enjoy the first one. The second one, I didn't like that much. Um, this one will be directed by Jason Reitman, um, who's taking over directing the, um, Ghostbusters franchise from his father, Ivan Reitman, who did the first two. Um, so a bit of a legacy thing there. I know Reitman did, Jason Reitman did uh, Juno and a few other pretty notable movies. He's got a pretty solid resume behind him. Um, and it's supposedly going to star teenagers who are going to play the parts of the original Ghostbusters kids who I guess get into it and take over um the Ghostbusters. So we've had the original Ghostbusters. Teenage we've had Ghostbusters. all women's Ghostbusters. And now we have um, teenage kids Ghostbusters who are 
in relation, I guess, to the original Ghostbusters. Um, it's supposedly going to be two girls and two guys um, to kind of split that up. But uh, we'll see uh, once casting gets done, um, uh, who ends up getting into it. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see how it goes. Obviously, if you look, like I said, if you look into Jason Reitman's history, yeah, I mean, he's I'm got for it. I like the big fan of the so. original Ghostbusters. The I'm glad they're continuing off of that rather than the was that, 2016 all female reboot, um, which I saw I think yesterday before Leslie Jones, who's in that one, is really upset about this, you know, because they like oh we redid the universe and you're gonna go back and just skip ours and go off the original one. I think that's a lot better idea because that one was kind of mixed received. Uh, it's cool seeing Jason Reitman take this over from his father, and uh, he's a great director for me. He has multiple Oscar nominations, uh, with different things. You know, he did up in the air, which a few years ago was, was a big one. Uh, like you said, he's done Juno, uh, just this past fall, which we didn't get to see the front runner with Hugh Jackman. Uh, he directed that. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for this and we'll see if mm, they can yeah, throw this right. all together in a year and a half. Yeah. Um, the Hunchback and Notre Dame. Why not? Disney continues to throw live action at people um, for their classic animated films. Now we're going to get a Hunchback and Notre Dame movie. Uh, just Josh Gad is set to produce. As of right now, he's not in talks to be the lead, but obviously I know there's a lot of talk out there that he will end up doing it. I hope he does. And here's why. I already don't care about the hunch, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, in general, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of a lot of these Disney animated films, um, that a lot of people I know grew up watching. I did not, um, I'll see the Lion King. I'm interested in that. Um, other than that, I'm very shady about a lot of things. Now <laughs> you get Josh Gad in there. I definitely don't care about this movie then. I, I, I'm not a Josh Gad guy, um, at all. Um, but I know he's done a lot of stuff with Disney mm-hmm. with the Frozen movies and then a few other things. I think um, Beauty and the Beast. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is yeah, something I, I, just, mean, I, I saw I this and I was like, really? Like, that's the next Disney movie you choose to make live action? You know, because. I mean, I don't yeah, know, really necessarily know what else three is out there for them to year, do. You know, I mean, they've got they Dumbo, Dumbo, they've got Aladdin, and Lion King, King like, uh, Aladdin. I know they have Mulan yeah, I mean, in the works. They are they are hitting it hard now, and, and and I still, yeah, and I still count for the record. I still count the Lion King one as a live action. It's very hard to train an entire animal kingdom to act. Yeah, I mean, it's as close yeah, as you're going to get to live action. Is, I've count. never really. I think I've only ever seen Hunchback in Notre Dame a few times. I was never a big fan of it as a kid, so. Unless, you know, it's Disney, so unless, you know, they have some really great names and it looks spectacular, it'll probably fall along the same as Dumbo coming out this year. Like, I don't care much for Dumbo, and I probably won't care much for this Hunchback and Notre Dame movie, so. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Anyway, moving on to a little bit better news. A lot cooler things that happened this week. We officially got the trailer, the first trailer for Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, We get a first true look at Jake Gyllenhaal's Mysterio, which I 
always thought, uh, like, since the MCU started getting bigger and bigger, I was like, you know, Dylan Hall would be a great actor to play I a love superhero. It. But he looks great as Mysterio. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, pretty into this, and it. Um, I, I mean, I've been on the record. I'm not the biggest uh, Spider-Man fan, although I didn't like the original movie. I think Tom Holland knocks it out of the park as the character. Um, we also got to look at the elementals, which will play a role. We don't know whether that'll be a big role or a small role. Mysterio in the trailer is fighting them off. As noted, I've read that, um, I mean, Mysterio kind of first be started as, you know, this, um, kind of acting as a hero, uh, and then, you know, turning into a bad guy or whatever. Uh, so we'll see how that ends up playing in the movie. Uh, so yeah, the elementals for those unfamiliar, it's Hydro Man, Molten Man, and Sandman, which I know Sandman was at least in one of the Spider-Man, 3. Uh, yep. Spider-Man films from past, one of the past franchises. Um, that's it. Uh, I mean, otherwise it looks good. I know there's a lot of angry people that this dropped before Endgame, but if you really thought Spider-Man was going to end, like die in Endgame <laughs> with only one yeah. movie, you're Please see the door. Uh, I mean, I'm not that upset yeah, by it. I like mean, that was one character you knew was gonna <laughs> live through. Um, I mean, it's it read the tea leaves, folks. Yeah, it, it is uh, what it is. They were. Yeah, <laughs> it's I'm, just how it is. I'm super excited um, for it. I mean, I'm yeah, a big I'll Spider-Man you, uh, fan talk about this and a big Jake Gyllenhaal fan, and seeing him being brought into the Marvel universe uh, is great. And I think his costume as Mysterio looks awesome and looks it's like like if you look at his costume like in the comics it's kind of goofy you know has yeah, like a fishbowl on his head great. and a big one leotard kind of thing but they definitely made it look so much cooler and awesome uh for this it was it was the aquaman effect like we can't we can't put a we can't put a, a dingus looking you know villain up there nobody's gonna respect them in a comic yeah. book it's fine because you just look at it and you're like huh, this guy's gonna lose but in the movie yeah you're so i'm like, really excited hey, for well, this you know, and him you gotta manipulating cool. the, that is what the, it is. the elementals and stuff so. that's how i think i read and when he was first introduced into the comics uh like you were saying he kind of created these elementals to so that he was able to defeat them to kind of come off as a hero, but really all along uh, he's the villain and the bad guy. Um, kind of like I saw someone point out today, like uh, in the first Incredibles, the uh, syndrome and he kind of like comes in and save the day, but really he's the bad guy. Um, but yeah, I'm really, you know, it's Marvel. Of course I'm super excited for it, but um, being Noah Spider-Man and having Jake John Hall involved in it and got me even more hyped. So there we go. Let's three Marvel movies this year. This year, I'm ready. Yeah, um, we even. I mean, even though we both completely we're like there was that, some other trailer this week when we were talking week, about it at the movie yesterday, <laughs> and it literally took us like a minute or two to figure it out. So. Yeah, I mean, that'll happen. Uh, anyway, so I know we don't talk a ton about TV on here, which I feel like we should, but it, you know, Big. it just gets kind of lost in the shuffle a lot of the time. Huge announcement this week, I believe, from Netflix. Um, Space Force is a TV show. I mean, if you're not unfamiliar, this was 
a declaration from Donald Trump that we would have a sixth arm of the uh, military that would be called the Space Force, uh, <laughs> which is still funny to me, and it's clearly still funny to some other people. It is going to become a TV show created by Greg Daniels and Steve Carell. Um, if you are somehow unfamiliar with that duo, um, The Office. That's all I can really say. Greg Daniels is the creator behind that. Steve Carell obviously played Michael Scott. Uh, Steve Carell is reportedly going to make a million dollars per episode on this. I don't know whether that was confirmed or not, but I think that was a report from Hollywood Reporter or another news site out there. Um, the general uh, idea and synopsis around the show is about finding the people f- to cre- uh, start the Space Force, the first people uh, joining. If you are outside of the office, if you're unfamiliar unfamiliar with Greg Daniels, he is greatly, at least in my mind, considered one of the greatest television um, people out there. Um, he created The Office. He was a co-creator of King of the Hill. Um, and he also is the creator for Parks oh, yeah. and Rec, which I firmly sure. am in the stance that is better than The Office. Not saying The Office isn't good. Parks and Rec is probably my top three sitcoms of all time. And it doesn't get enough love because it is also, also for those so people that like to rewatch The Office all the time, please check out Parks and Rec as well on, on Netflix. Every, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm in the middle of rewatching it right now. I, I use it as a TV show to put on the computer at night um, as I'm going to sleep. I'll watch like an episode or two. And then once Netflix asks <laughs> if I'm still there, that's when I, I deem it time to go to bed. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's super rewatchable and I think it's, it's better. So I'm very excited for this. Obviously Steve Carell getting back into the comedy side, which I know there was talks of, you know, him maybe not wanting to do that as he's been on a long and, and pretty good run outside of welcome to Marwin of doing these dramas and stuff like that. Why not? I mean, he's got a knack for it. And if somebody throws yeah, a million dollars I mean, per episode on the table, I'm I mean, very excited he, for how are you going to say no to that? It's um, going to be, it's Netflix. So they... Netflix, their TV shows are a lot better um, than the movies are. So, and it's it's a workspace comedy, literally about space. I mean, and it's Steve Carell, who is uh, a lot, was one of the, like like greatest workspace comedy actors of because of The Office. Um, so, just seeing what else this has to come, I'm very excited for it, and can't wait for more details on it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's great. I can't wait to see what the cast ends up ending, ending up looking like. I mean, Netflix is, has shown that they're willing to just toss money at things, and that's fine. I mean, as long as they keep giving great content, I know. They're also in a little bit of other Netflix news. They are up upping the price on the subscription up to, I think, 13 from 11 or something like that, um, which if they turn out good things like this, I don't. Uh, it's not that big of an issue. I mean, it's would I rather have Netflix or HBO? I don't know, but I mean, HBO already charges you $15 a month for, for theirs. And I get it. Netflix doesn't necessarily have game of Thrones or stuff like that. Uh, and they are canceling, you know, things like daredevil, but this is interesting and it'll definitely keep me around. Um, Greg Daniels, like I had just mentioned, but he's also, he wrote one episode of Seinfeld. He's written, uh, several episodes of the Simpsons, um, and he, I believe he also wrote for Saturday night live for a little bit. Um, so, I mean, he's just, he's got such a tremendous, you know, history of doing these, these oh, yeah. comedy shows and stuff like that. 
I'm super excited for it. I can't wait for oh, more information to come out. I can't we'll wait for it to watch that, hit my like streaming that. service. Like I'm ready. Um. Oh yeah, it's the it's gonna be done in a day easily. Um. Anyway, yeah, I'm just uh, bit, two Brian, little things. A piece of news: uh, Netflix also announced this week. week um, that in I think it was 2020, 2021, uh, they have a movie coming out called The Devil All the Time. Uh, which is based off a book of the same title. Um, it's a story of a few different people going through lives of between World War II um, and the 1960s. Um, it involves like bank robbers and other different stuff. But it, the cast is what really caught my eye. I got uh, Chris Evans is on is on for it. Tom Holland, uh, Robert Pattinson, Bill Skarsgård. Um, I'm a big Chris Evans fan and Tom Holland fan because of both Marvel. So seeing them add to this. I don't really know what it all is involved and you know the devil all the time, but with names like that, it caught my attention, which I mean, that's the reason they add big names to these things to draw people in for them. Um, so I'm excited for that for whenever that actually comes out. Um, and also the other trailer that I don't think you had watched, but I was very excited for it dropped this week uh, was John wick three or John wick chapter three parabellums mouthful of title. But um, that comes out in May. I'm very excited for that. Uh, the first two movies are great. I mean, John Wick and it's Keanu Reeves as a hitman. Uh, the action in, in it is insane. It's a nonstop thrill ride. Uh, the fight scenes are beautifully choreographed. Uh, so seeing this, what looks to be the end of the trilogy, uh, I'm very excited for it. It's, uh, it's. I think it's Memorial Day weekend that it comes out. Um, Aaron, I know you haven't watched these movies. I think you said you would like to before this third one comes out, maybe. But I highly recommend them if you are. Yeah, I mean, I I plan on getting around to them. They're not they're movies. Are, it's not like the Lord of the Rings where I just don't want to watch them. Like I I do actively want to see them. Um, and I will get yeah, around to so. them before third one comes out um there you go you heard it here guys a, that's I'll a promise, promise i'll make um yeah. that i will so, see uh, those two movies before the third don't. one so there we go and i don't um, do that very often so yeah it just yeah. it looks, looks buck great up and do it. i mean i love it there's there's a scene where keanu reeves is like he's on a horseback and then he's just like going down the main street of new york and there's people on motorcycles trying him and he's just beating them as he's on a horse and they're on motorcycles it's great i'm so excited um yeah that's that's all i got but all righty uh well i'll let you keep the ball rolling with the uh we'll get into our reviews here for the week um all right the upside which we saw uh, kick the ball rolling here with the upside was that last friday yeah i think um i actually probably liked it a little more than i thought it would we Went into this movie just kind of. There's not that many great releases in this month of January, so we wanted to go to the movies, and you know we have the AMC A lister pass, so we wanted to you know use that and not let it go to waste. Um, and it didn't get the best reviews; it was kind of mixed. Um, but it was actually most kind of enjoyable. I mean, it was funny that I thought it'd be. It, um, I had some good laughs into it that weren't stupid, cheesy laughs or whatever. Uh, got to see a kind of different side of Kevin Hart where he was still funny, but on a more serious note, um, Brian Cranston did a good job. 
he he got a he got a lot of slack um for it for this role because they're like oh why don't choose Brian Cranston, a perfectly capable person to play this di- disabled person? They should have hired uh, disabled actor to play him. But I mean, for this didn't come out of a big studio or anything. It's not a franchise. It's not another sequel. So these kind of movies that are that are with new ideas and lesser known, you hire the big names to draw in more people like Brian Cranston. Oh, I realized as I said it. Well. It, Hold on. Yeah, Real it's, fast kind of, it's that, not a sequel. But um, it's, it is a remake of a French movie uh, from 2012 or whatever uh, called The Untouchables. Uh, I'm assuming that's what you were going to correct me on. No? Oh, sorry. No, that actually wasn't. Um, what I was going to say about it was that it is it's one of the last movies from the Weinstein Company, which obviously everybody knows about that stuff. Um, so it was more of a bigger company that it originally got, and it got bought up by one of these smaller companies, um, which is why like it, it, it has been done for uh, quite a while. The movie was done really. Um, and kind of just now finally got released essentially to the public. They took it to, uh, other things, but yeah, it was, a, it's not necessarily a smaller company worked on it. It was, uh, one of the movies that ended up getting bought up when the Weinstein company went under, um, after all the horrific things that happened, um, in that sense. So, yeah, okay. I mean, it was a, yeah, I it was, I didn't know that company is what I'm trying out. to say, but, um, um, as opposed to that, yeah, I, I, I gave it a 65. Um, I thought it did kind of drag a little bit and didn't, uh, quite reach the peak that it could have, uh, climatically. Um, but it was, and I laughed when I thought I would at it. it <laughs> It sucked for us. The the AMC we went to they for some reason on opening night stuck it in a little fifty seat theater or whatever. Um, so th- if we didn't buy our tickets on the app beforehand, like we do with <laughs> AMC listers, they sold out of tickets like the 20, 25 minutes before the showtime. Uh, so we were stuck in the front row, which because of being a, s- <laughs> it was there ridiculous. Was so like many they made the announcement trying that to it was sold out, and you could just hear away. like I... multiple sets of like groans and <sighs> like shocked and. I don't understand why they would stick a movie with Kevin Hart on opening night in a little fifty seat theater, but. I mean, like I said at the time, I mean, they were still playing Spider Man. They were still playing Aquaman. Like they were still playing Vice. Like, so I mean, I sort of get it. You don't necessarily anticipate that getting more people yeah. than <sighs> than those, even with Kevin Hart. Um. But I, I mean, I get why it was stuck in that with a so, ton uh, of big movies still in theaters. Maybe, there. yeah, I don't know. Maybe I would have liked Boy, a little more was if rough. I wasn't four feet from the screen looking up at it, uh, like straight up at it. And my my neck neck was sick for the weekend. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's a little better than I thought it'd be. But you know, critics didn't really weren't the biggest fan of it. So. Yeah, um, I ended up giving it a 60, came out to a 58.1 on the uh, combo score, which is about right for a January release. Um, I thought, you know, I thought Kevin Hart and and Brian Cranston played off each other well. It was like that part of the movie was was pretty good. Um, Kevin Hart's starting to sort of branch into a more serious, um, more serious acting. I know there was not to kind of go back in the news, but there was another release that 
that was mentioned with the Monopoly movie that he'd be doing. It's, that was definitely a more serious role. Um, so he's starting, starting to kind of branch out. Um, him and Cranston played off each other well. I definitely understand the outrage about Cranston playing in, in that role. Um, you know, especially if they, you know, disabled actors weren't actually, you know, given a shot for it. Um, but I mean, I try to look at like the, I try to look at everything at face value of, you know, the separating the art from the person and stuff like that and, and stuff like that. So, um, looking at the movie itself, um, it's one of Kevin Hart's better works. Definitely. Um, in the grand scheme of everything he's played in, um, as I had mentioned before, they played off each other really well. Otherwise it, it feels like a really basic heartwarming story. Like, you know, um, the, the movie itself doesn't really have any spoilers, but you know, obviously, you know, they kind of get along at first and then they, they, you know, get into a big fight and then everything's fine after that. And, and yeah. so on and so forth. Like mm-hmm. it's such a basic way of doing a movie that at this point, like if it doesn't, if the movie doesn't itself like pull me in that much, it's probably not going to get a huge score for me. It's all right. It's not, it's, it's between all right and good. Um, it's not something I feel like you necessarily have to go to a theater to see, um, but a rentable movie, I think. Um, if you want to sit down with family or whatever and, and enjoy it, I think it's, that's the type of movie you're looking at. Um, is an at home rental with family or something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's the upside. Um, moving on to glass. I'll get us uh, rolling on this one. Um, talked about it here before. I believe I was a pretty big fan of split. I think I gave that a 75 or an 80 when it came out. Um, gave this a 65, um, combo score came out to a 58.8. Here's the thing about this movie. Um, what you're seeing from critics is true. James McAvoy is pretty incredible. He steps his game up definitely from where he was in split. Uh, I, I believe in an interview. M Knight said he played seven personalities in split out of the 23. This one he plays at some point in the movie. He plays 20 of them. Um, and it's rather incredible kind of how he flows in between. Like you can tell, like it's not like a split up where, um, you know, he does one and then it goes to somebody else and he does another, like there are scenes where he is, you know, going from, you know, a uh, Southern cowboy to, um, you know, a, a Scottish person to, you know, such and such. And obviously, I mean, he, he that, that's his natural dialect or whatever, but, um, it is kind of uncanny how fast he was transforming through those. Um, so in that sense, I mean, his, in his performance in the movie is pretty incredible and definitely the, the scene stealer every time he's on. Uh, but the movie itself very much a step down, I believe from where split was. Um, and a lot of that I think is because without giving away spoilers here, um, obviously with an M night movie, the ending really feels convoluted. Um, the last 30 minutes or so, um, I kind of, I mean, I get where they're going with it. Um, in a sense of, um, the play on the whole superhero kind of trope. Um, but a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. Um, how, things end up um like i said i'm trying to tiptoe around this because i don't want to give spoilers because i do think this is a movie you should probably go check out in theaters um 
especially if you enjoyed Split and Unbreakable. Um, but yeah, as a whole, I mean, it's just it's convoluted. Split kind of ended um, without a ton of twists and turns and stuff like that, and trying to like jostle together more stuff. Um, it really kind of ended it on a more straightforward note as this didn't. And it, it, I think it messed with the movie. I think sometimes M night when he does these things, he, he really, he, a lot of the times he just can't get out of his own way. And it, it feels a lot like that in this. And, and it's kind of disappointing, but I mean, it is what it is. And at the end, at the end of the day, um, like I said, I gave it a 65. It, it's a, a good movie. But it's just, it's not, that's definitely not on the level in my mind. Yeah, of, of uh, I think you hit a run of nose with a lot of those. Uh, I gave it a, a 60. Um, like you said, James McAvoy was the highlight of this movie every single time. Uh, different characters that he portrayed and then actually seeing him on screen, like just kind of then like flip to a different character. Like as you see in the trailer, they have the flashing lights that then are making change characters. And like they do that and he'll go through like four or five, six characters like at a time. Um, and so it's, it's very impressive and he did a great job seeing, do a well job at each different character. Um, but it was just kind of overall the movie is kind of messy. Like you said, M night, uh, it's a good way of putting it, got in his own way. He wanted, wanted to put so much of it together that it started to fall apart. Then, um, it, it kind of dragged the movie two hours and nine minutes long. Um, I think you could have cut at least 10 minutes off of that. Um, the, it was, if I did like to see that, you know, like they brought back, but from, from unbreakable, like, um, Bruce Willis's son is the same actor that they, from was that 99 or 2000 that I came out to it is now, uh, is playing a son. Um, but it's, you know, supposed to be kind of like a realistic superhero movie and you know, like superheroes do exist and stuff, but it's like everything that they did in it has been done before at a better level. Um, like, like you said, I'm, I'm trying not to get into anything that could spoil something, but, um, it, it is, it is. It's hard. It's definitely hard not to, because I mean, there is a lot of it to, to, die, to, dissect yeah about yeah that so i mean spoiler related it's the, the big you known like it's m night Shyamalan fashion having a twist at the end and it didn't seem to fully make sense or come together um it the the scripting and some the script as overall was just kind of muddled and not the best uh overall the movie was just kind of like a meh like uh I probably won't buy it. I think it was the least of the trilogy. Like, uh, I think Split's there at the top. I think that it was a really good movie uh, because of James McAvoy and then Unbreakable was good as well. Uh, but then this one just fell flat. Um, so, yeah, I don't say, I want to say you have to see it in theaters. Um, if you saw the other two movies of this trilogy and you have the time to go see it, you know, yeah, sure, go and see it. But I don't think it's something you have to go and see in theaters. So, yeah, it's kind of a disappointing January so far, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it's a typical January. I mean, we prefaced it going into the new year that that the first once we get through January, everything will be up and, yeah. and going again. We'll have better movies and stuff. But every January, it feels like you know this stuff ends up happening. But it is what it is. Um, 
And I mean, yeah, like I'm a huge fan of Sarah Paulson. She was really good in it. Samuel L. Jackson was good as well. I mean, the performances from the actors is is probably the most worthwhile thing in the movie. Um, and outside of that, it, it's just it's it's average to good. Uh, it is what it is. Um, but check it. I mean, if you saw the other two, I, I like I said, I think you should go check it out in theaters. But if you haven't, or you only saw one of them, you know, you might want to wait or something like that, but whatever. Uh, that's glass for everybody. Uh, starting the year off with Yikes. two combo scores in the fifties. So, I mean, it's not awful, but it's not great. They will both likely end up in the bottom tier of our, our stuff. And, uh, but I am, I'm jotting down McAvoy's name for our, next Rolly awards. Cause you'll, you'll get some consideration for me. It seems depending on how the rest of the year goes, but he'll definitely Why get not? some consideration for me. Um, so like we started at the top of the show, the Oscars is going hostless. So, uh, and we just came off of our Rollies episode two weeks ago. Um, so why don't we dive into five award show hosts or, you know, hosts can be one person can be multiple people. Um, but uh, we'll give our top five people we'd like to see host an award show, whether that's ours in the future. Yeah, or we're going to get celebrities to host rollies. Just you wait, guys. So. Um, or, <laughs> yeah, I'm such an honor. I can pay them. I I can personally hand them a check yeah, for $20 we can go take them a Kodoba. a of chocolate on us. If they, oh, yeah. Anyway, we'll take them to Kodoba and I'll buy them a, a, a movie ticket. Uh, if I actually, I'll buy myself a movie ticket. I'll up the ante and let wow. them have one of my reservations from AMC. That's so kind. Um, I, I know that's a hard bargain. Uh, <laughs> and, and look, here's the other thing between us and the Oscars, the Oscars might be much bigger, but people probably won't criticize you that yeah, much. I mean, yeah. Show. You might not be um, speaking to, uh, the millions of people that tuned into the Oscars, but a wide um, audience of the tens and dozens on to here, you know, <laughs> you won't get nearly as much criticism. So we'll try and spread the word and get some, uh, someone on to here for next, the, one of the next few rollies. So, <laughs> Oh, right. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, Let's do it. Um, five award show hosts. Uh, obviously, like always, <laughs> right, um, number five. Uh, start this list. Uh, I I would like to see uh, Ryan Reynolds as a host. Uh, I think he's a very funny guy, and he could you know do a skit or two involving Deadpool. You know, maybe some with Detective Pikachu. Um, it's I think he would do a good job. He's so and he does well with audiences and good plays off. We, different people well uh so i think he would be funny to see as an award show host that's a good one that's that's definitely a good one uh my number five is one of the three teams i have here um i would like to see the team of amy poehler and nick offerman oh, great that's um, a great idea as i mentioned here earlier on the podcast i'm a big parks direct fan um, and having watched that so often that like they play off each other really well. They also have, you know, that new show or whatever. Um, I haven't gotten a chance to check out or, or anything really about it where they're building stuff or a building challenge or something like that. Um, 
but they're two really funny people. And I mean, we've seen Amy Poehler and Tina Fey and they're, they're great. Um, but I would really like to see those two team up. Uh, they play off each other really well in the TV show. Um, and I think they'd be great together hosting. Oh, yeah. I love that. Uh, That's a great idea. Together. Um, get some great parks and right nostalgia into that. Bring back other cast characters. Genius. Um, my number four pick for someone else uh, that we could have the host would be, uh, Kumali Nanjiani. Um, he is a comedian. Uh, he kind of uh, broke big in the movies with 2017. He had the big sick um, that he um, was a story about him and his wife that he wrote in it, wrote about and then starred in. Uh, he did a great job. I think he's a very funny person and he, uh, I, I don't know. He hasn't really, he hasn't, I think gone as too big yet, but he's more, I was just kind of on that stand up comedian level with some acting here and there. Um, but I think he would be enjoyable to see uh, host uh, some type of award show. All right. Number four for me, I have is Kate McKinnon. Um, I, I don't really watch a lot of Saturday Night Live. I'm more of a mainly because I'm really never up when that <laughs> plays on Saturdays. Um, but I, I do see a lot of the skits and stuff like that. I've seen a few of her movies. Um, she was definitely the high point in that uh, Ghostbusters remake from a few years ago. Um, but I think she's really funny in a lot of things she does. And I think she could host an award show and do a very good job of it um, in terms of doing, you know, monologue skits and all that stuff um, and, and playing off the crowd really well. Uh, I think she's definitely one of the highlights of um, Saturday Night Live. Um and yeah, I think she'd be great. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm fine with that. She's pretty funny, so that'd be interesting. Um, my number three pick is my first pair. Um, I think uh, Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake. They, you know, they're SNL alums. They're great back in the day, and with Jimmy Fallon's late night show, he they're like best buds, and he brings them on to the show. And I think they're they play off each other so well. Uh, they're hilarious together. Um, they're they say you know they're the best of friends so i think that would be a lot of fun to see to uh, have them just play off each other the entire time and have fun hosting an award show yeah um number three for me uh the new day and i know you're probably sitting there scratching your head wondering who's the new day the New Day is a uh, WWE tag team uh, consisting of three wrestlers, uh, Big E, Xavier Woods, and Kofi Kingston. Um, they are extremely funny. They have done a lot of hosting things for WWE over time. I know they hosted um, a WrestleMania two years ago. They did, you know, they do a lot of the skits and stuff like that. A lot of the things um, in a presentation manner that is very similar to the Oscars. Um they play off really well with the crowd. <laughs> they love pancakes. They love bootios. They love pancakes. Uh, they, they're, I mean, they are three of the most hilarious people uh, I've actually ever got a chance to watch on TV or, or listen to. Um, and I think they'd be incredible hosting a, an award show outside of a WWE. Yeah. Setting. Okay. I mean, I have no idea who they are, but you seem to have good talks, uh, high talks with them. So, you know, uh, my number two for the list uh, is Donald Glover. Uh, I'm a big Donald Glover fan. He's so talented. Good and, one. Like he's hilarious. He can act, he can sing, he can you know, dance, he can write. And I mean, he's, he's great. Uh, I'm a big fan of him and everything. And a lot of the stuff he's done recently, uh, you know, with Atlanta and then going into star Wars and 
going all the way back to uh, community then, um, I'm just a big Donald Glover fan, so I would love to see him host the show. I think he would be a lot of mix of funny stuff and smart, witty stuff, and he has good connection. I I would love it. I mean, I'm all for it. So, all right, my last team that I have here, uh, Key and Peel. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody knows the Key and Peel TV show. I mean, those two together are tremendous. Um, and especially now with, you know, Jordan Peele kind of branching into the horror genre and being a huge kind of name in Hollywood up and coming and stuff like that. Um, I think it, it, it would be a great time to have them kind of reunite on a stage of an award show setting. Um, and I mean, like I said, I mean, they're just really funny. I mean, people have seen all the Keen's Peel sketches. Um, I mean, I, when I worked at Panera, everybody called it's me a run. I mean, it's, it's. So yeah, it's something I've dealt with for a long time now, but uh, because so many people have seen it. Um, but yeah, I think they'd be tremendous hosts for an award show. Uh, I agree as well, because they are my number one on the list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, well. It wouldn't be a top five if we didn't have at least yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, Keegan-Mike and Key and Jordan Peele are both, I think, hilarious guys on their own, and then even funnier when they're together. Um, the comedy sketch has been great. I we like to have seen more like, you know, kind of movies or stuff with them, but, uh, they're hilarious. And, you know, Jordan Peele, as he's shown in my, in recent years with directing and stuff, you know, he can also <laughs> kind of get in the heads, you know, with these like social horror movies that he's created. Um, I just think they would be great together. And so they would be, uh, my topic for them to host a future award show. All right, my number one, um, when I first, this was the first name that came to my mind, and I knew I had to put it number one, um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, He's funny, he's uh, charming, I mean, he's the whole package as a human being, uh, especially somebody you want, you know, hosting an award show. Um, He's lovable, I mean, everybody loves The Rock. Um, Everybody goes to see his movies, even if you know they're not going to be good. I mean, it is what it is. uh, and I just, I mean, if you're going to have a name, why not have, you know, the highest paid, you know, actor, the highest grossing actor or whatever, um, in Hollywood, who's, uh, you know, such a huge threat in, in all facets of what you're looking for to host an award show. Um, and yeah, yeah that's the rock. I mean, that's just, that's the, the first I'm pick I thought I didn't of, think and, of uh, it. you know, it is, I mean, we'll never get them for this show. Hey, never but, say never, man. It is what it is. But, uh. I'm surprised I didn't think of him. That'd be, I think he'd be a great choice there, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot of your picks that I like Ryan Reynolds. I don't know why I didn't think about that. Cause I know when they were first trying to find a host, my thought was just CGI detective Pikachu <laughs> on my screen and have Ryan Reynolds voice him the whole time. Like just, uh, that's what I want to host the Oscars. Um, Deadpool would be good as well. Uh, Donald Glover, like you mentioned, uh, that was a good pick. Um, yeah, I mean, you're looking for somebody who can kind of do a lot of things. I mean, obviously getting a comedian or something like Jimmy Kimmel works out, but you kind yeah. of got to branch out from mm-hmm. that occasionally. Um, and I think getting somebody, my ideal host is, you know, somebody who can do yeah, multiple facets sure. of things, which you see a lot. Um, 
it came out of the box a little bit with a few of them, but it is what it is. Um, anything you want to say to everybody before we uh, wrap up? Um, Oscar nominations come out on Tuesday. Um, so, you know, we'll be, we'll be talking about those next episode. Uh, excited to see, you know, who all they snub. Um, cause <laughs> and also to see if, you know, any, if some movies that we think deserve the critical acclaim will actually get the, uh, nominations and stuff. Cause, uh, I mean, just from my perspective, one of the movies that one of my favorite movies, 2018 first man has gotten not a lot of recognition in a lot of the major award shows, which I think is ridiculous. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I can kind of understand it, but I mean, at the same time, I mean, it's like, gotta be there. Yeah, I know. Like director. you said, she's like, not up there for best director. That would be. Yeah. So yeah, those come out on Tuesday. So I'm excited for that. I think they're released at 8 a.m. So look out for those. Um, but that's about it for the week. And we'll be sure to talk yeah. about it next week. All right. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, We'll see. Uh, I'm very excited here to get ready to watch football here in championship weekend. Go Chiefs. Go anybody else from the uh, NFC. I don't really care between those two. Um, yeah, really want to see Andy Reid win a Super Bowl. I mean, he's probably the GOAT in terms of head coaches that have never won a Super Bowl. That's fair. Yeah. Um, he wins everywhere with – I mean, he wins everywhere with, you know – not great talent at the quarterback position, but he, he makes it work. And now he's got <laughs> now he's got the MVP. The MVP so. playing quarterback for his team. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. But uh, we'll see. Um, very excited, and we'll be back next week. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the show this week. As we, like I mentioned at the top of the program, switched over um, to a new recording site. So it seems like everything's going well. Um, anyway, adios, everybody.